Hey there, welcome to ChrisCast. My name is Chris Abraham. This is ChrisCast Season 2, and it is Episode 25. I am outdoors. I am in a park. I do not have either uh, uh, Google at home or uh, Alexa to help me, so I am just going to make this a simple episode. Season 2, Episode 25 of Chris Cast. My name's Chris Abraham, and today's episode is about my perception of the war in Afghanistan. And too long, didn't read TLDR. Um, I am very much anti-imperialism, and um, I'm going to make an argument that all the way down to the whole concept of, but what about the girls? What about about the women, what about the babies, is still a type of imperialism, well-hewned, well-honed, uh, well-practiced argument towards saving pagan babies. I will talk about what saving pagan babies means to me, and I will discuss how it has, uh, cicada, cicada, how it has become saving Muslim ladies. I'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is Chris Cast, Season 2, Episode 25. My name's Chris Abraham. I am at a park. So you're going to hear some little traffic. You're going to hear some cicadas. You're going to hear uh, that kind of other stuff. I thought the cicadas were gone, but please enjoy them. So I wrote two articles for uh, Substack, and I want to read them both to you. And I'm going to read as best I can, voice-overly-wise. Um, if you want to read them yourself, uh, they are at crichrisa.substack.com. chrisa.substack.com. Chris plus my first initial, Abraham, chrisa.substack.com. Here is, um, right after the break, is an article I wrote called The War in Afghanistan Was a Long... Khan, and I spell that K-H-A-N. Be right back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Chris Abraham. This is Chris Cast, Season 2, Episode 25. I'm going to read my Substack article called The War in Afghanistan Was a Long Con. TLDR, 
Afghanistan was invaded by the United States, not invited. Afghanis were our hostages, not our allies. The occupation was tolerated, not enjoyed. Any U.S. love was actually Stockholm Syndrome. By Chris Abraham. I call this article The War in Afghanistan was a long con because I thought of it and it made me feel pleased with myself and clever. This isn't Afghanistan's first rodeo. They've suffered through long-term occupation by empires so often it's a cliché trope. While occupied cities in Vietnam adapted to French and American occupation by feigning love for Joe, the Vietnamese never really loved Joe, only appeased Joe for reasons of survival during a massively chaotic and terrible war. Note all the friendly villagers who routinely blew up their friend Joe in the streets. South Vietnam invited America to help defend against the North, and more re relevantly, the Soviet troops were invited by the official Afghan authorities to help combat the Mujahideen. America wasn't invited to Afghanistan. Sometimes, the city-based leadership intelligentsia of a country can often be at odds with the will of the greater people. Local Hawaiians hate their occupier any more than it pays their rent. Okinawans openly hate their occupiers, though, what are you going to do? I know that all of Islam is apoplectic about the mere existence of Riyadh Air Force Base uh, in Saudi Arabia. People never really fall in love with their oppressor, their occupier, their hostage taker. The power dynamic isn't fair. When you are poor and desperate and your occupier offers you a job, you take that job and milk that job for all, for as long as it doesn't get you killed and as long as it lasts. Even someone who is beguiled by Stockholm Syndrome eventually snaps out of it, generally violent and without a lot of compassion or empathy. Even HR knows a subordinate employee cannot give full consent to a relationship with a superior when their job, income, reputation, and life depend on the fickle whims of their boss. And there were n never only 80,000 Taliban fighters. There were 380,000 Afghani fighters, 300,000 of, 300, of which were being trained, funded, paid, and supplied by their American invaders and occupiers until the, moments we, the moment we, the USA, left, which was always inevitable. With that cleared up, as best as I can, uh, since I'm not a scholar, an historian, an academic, an intellectual, or even a rigorous writer, let's see what this blogger comes up with. Even I am pretty curious as to what I am about to go on about. The current narrative I am hearing all over the media over the last couple of days conveniently forgets the obvious truth that America has always been an occupying force after having, without consent, invaded Afghanistan as part um, of some sort of wild goose chase in support of the hunt of bin Laden in the wake of the attacks on the Twin Towers and the Pentagon on September the 11th. The only narrative on the TV, the radio, and in the funny papers is how much suffering the women and the girls of Afghanistan will suffer in the wake of our rapid troop removal and the immediate fall of the Afghan National Army, or whatever they're called, the Afghan Security Service, like I think I got this name wrong in this article, to Taliban invaders. Let's get some perspective on the loss of life over the course of the 20 years America has been at war in Afghanistan. Quote, 
about 241,000 people have been killed in the Afghanistan and Pakistan war zone since 2001. More than 71,000 of those killed have been civilians. Unquote. How many of those around 71,000 civilians do you reckon were women, girls, children, babies, and the elderly? Also, the freedom offered women and girls in modern Afghanistan isn't freely extended to rural or poor women. If you explore women in Afghanistan on Wikipedia, you'll see that not many women in 21st century Afghanistan were independent modern feminist women. Like all countries, it has a lot to do with the status, wealth, caste, uh, to whom you were born, and if you lived in a city. Honor crimes and rural killings were and are still daily bred all over the country. Afghanistan hasn't been a feminist utopia since the 70s when it really was a very modern feminist country that was very much a friend to women and had been since the 1920s. America didn't go to Afghanistan to help women and girls or to bolster some liberal democratic government. America invaded Afghanistan in a knee-jerk response to 9-11 and to hunt down Osama bin Laden, or that was the public narrative, and invaded Afghani people who have suffered invader after invader simply adapts, appeases, profits, trains, grins, bears it, and waits until coffers drain and public support wanes. Then they count the money, inventory assets and spoils, then revert uh, to standard uh, to previous invasion until the best empire, until the next empire forgets historical precedent and gives it another go. First, Afghanistan was invaded by the United States, not invited. Afghanis were our hostage, not our allies. The occupation was tolerated, not enjoyed. Any U.S. love was actually Stockholm Syndrome. Our 20-year mission in Afghanistan was not a United Nations Blue Helmet peacekeeping mission or part of a State Department-funded USAID non-governmental organization NGO project to liberate and educate oppressed women and girls. This was an assault, this was an attack, this was initiated by the tip of the American spear of war. Invading armies don't invade countries with armies solely to liberate women and girls from the oppression of fundamentalism. No matter how often the radio tells you so, it's a red herring to pluck at your heartstrings. Quote, a red herring is something that misleads or distracts from a relevant or important question, unquote. The relevant and important question is, do the Afghani people consider America to be their allies or simply an occupational force that they just need to endure until they finally leave? It might be the latter, considering how unwilling the 300,000 strong Afghani military force was willing to fight for American-style democracy the nanosecond they weren't made to, paid to. Just because hostage takers and hostages fall in love doesn't mean the love is real or the power dynamic will even allow the sort of consent required for a healthy, sustainable, loving marriage. Quote, Stockholm Syndrome is an emotional response. It happens to some abuse uh, and hostage victims when they have positive feelings toward an abuser or captor, unquote. The Taliban are not an invading force flooding over the border in Iran or Pakistan. The Taliban are the same people who were the heroes of the Afghanistan war. The Soviets fought and lost from December 24, 1979 through February 15, 1989. Remember, Afghanistan only exists because white British policymakers drew, drew it that way. And in fact, Afghanistan is still and has always been a balkanized mosaic patchwork of families, tribes, ethnicities, language, cults, etc. 
quote, Afghanistan has never been inhabited by only one ethnic group. It's ethnic mosaic has no precise boundaries, nor is its national culture uniform. Additionally, additionally, ethnic groups are not racially homogenous, unquote. It might be a trope that bears no grounding in reality anymore, but folks used to say that the Mujahideen have thousand-year memories and thousand-year grudges. With that assumption in mind, and the fact that back in 1901, Sir Rudyard Kipling bequeathed Afghanistan with the honor of being called the Graveyard of Empires, having bested the Ottoman Empire, the British Empire, the Soviet Union, and now the United States. One might say that all of Afghanistan's wins were more based on waiting out the enemy and thoroughly emptying both the treasury and the will of the invaders. You might not call it a win, but you'd be wrong. Sun Tzu, on waging war from the art of, on waging war from the art of war, his book. Quote, when you engage in actual fighting, if victory is long and coming, then men's weapons will grow dull and their ardor will be dampened. If you lay, lay siege to a town, you will exhaust your strength. Again, if the campaign is protracted, the resources of the state will not be equal to the strain. Now, when your weapons are dulled, your ardor dampened, your strength exhausted, and your treasure spent, other chieftains will spring up to take advantage of your extremity. Then no man, however wise, will be able to avert the consequences that must ensue. Ensue. Unquote. Those 300,000 Afghani soldiers weren't our allies. They were just learning how to be better soldiers against imperial invaders for the next time a superpower regrets history and decides again to attempt to tame the graveyard of empires. Last time, got training by both Spetsnaz and the Green Berets. This time, the Navy SEALs. That'll show the next invading army. That's not to say that Pakistan didn't Pakistan did not take full advantage of the post-Soviet anarchy. Mind you, notice I say Afghanistan and Pakistan and not Afghanistan and Pakistan. Sorry about that. Uh, that's not to say that Iran didn't help fund the war against the infidels from the West. Surely they did. Pakistan wasn't our, isn't our friend. Remember, the reason why we invaded Afghanistan, supposedly, uh, was to address Al-Qaeda and to capture, kill OBL in the wake of 9-11. Remember also that we discovered bin Laden secreted and sequestered in Abbottabad, Pakistan, adjacent to the Pakistan Military Academy. But we're discussing Vietnam, not Cambodia. I mean, I mean, I mean Afghanistan, not Pakistan. Whoops. Back in the 80s, the Mujahideen were revered by the American people. The Green Berets ride, rode horses with them in the mountains and taught them how to fight the Russians. They're the same brave men we supported with Stinger missiles back in the days of Ronald Reagan. Same guys. We called them freedom fighters, though their very name Mujahideen aptly describes their mission and not their lineage or heritage. Quote, In its roots, the Arabic word Mujahideen refers to any person performing jihad or jihad so unquote so the soviets were infidels in the 80s and america uh, were infidels in 2001 we decided to rebrand the honorable and noble anti-communist mujahideen as the taliban so that we could smoothly turn the same freedom fighters into terrorist extremists don't be fooled though same guys 
okay, it's not that simple. In the chaos of post-Soviet Afghanistan, the region became much more fundamental, fundamentalist, and the modern Taliban is quite a lot more influenced by Pakistani religious extremism. It's obvious the Soviet occupation of Afghanistan drove subsequent radicalization and extremism. It's true. Freaking. Anyway, there's someone, of course, right by is uh, is cutting the grass. So, well, let's soldier through it, shall we? Do you think that maybe the vacuum we are leaving now by retreating will result in more of the same? I could look at it that way. However, I think we have all learned from the American invasion of Iraq in 2003 that destabilization happens because of the evasion and the raising and the bombing and the humiliation of the puppet governing and the disrespecting and honestly the infideling associated with the rape of of war by rich Western Christian nations um, of a poor Muslim one. None dare call it imperial subjugation. That said, what do you call it when the local forces of a country take back their own cities from an invading force? Liberation rights? It looks like Afghanistan is being liberated from an occupying force. That's not what the American News is reporting this morning. This is Chris Abraham, Chris Cast, Season 2, Episode 25. I am surrounded by little kids who are taking their recess in the park next to me. There's also a dude on a little tractor who's uh, um, cutting lawns. And I know the most grating thing that's happening is that I'm pronouncing Afghanistan and Pakistan as Afghanistan and Pakistan. But remember, I'm a child of the 80s and 70s, so... Back then, it was Afghanistan and Pakistan, and when I'm doing cold reads from even my own work, I tend to revert. If I were being pretentious, I would have said Afghanistan and Pakistan. However, uh, that is not the case right now. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. All right, uh, thank you for listening to that. I will be reading another one in a second, right after the break, and I will call it, and it is called 1492 or 2021. It's still civilizing the savages. Now, before I go into this, my next thing that I'm going to write is about uh, remembering my mom, my mom, Barbara Ann Dunn, D-U-N-N. Um, she was a super Catholic girl, and um, she grew up in, in Jersey City. She was uh, uh, pride of the Catholic Church. She was so devoted, uh, virgin till she was married, you know, at 33. Um, she lost her virginity the same year uh, Christ, Lord Jesus, died on the cross. Um, nobody believed that. She was a young, beautiful, sophisticated New York City woman. And that blew people's minds. But um, uh, she was uh, my mom, and uh, she told me stories about about um, 
uh, how basically the entire... She was born in 39? 29? Anyway, her entire childhood was done... Uh, in the pews, and the pews were always talking about saving pagan babies. She was asked for alms to support the, the saving of pagan babies in Africa, the same saving of pagan babies in Latin America, the saving of pagan babies in uh, China, the saving of pagan babies throughout the Soviet Union, um, and the saving of pagan babies uh, in, in places like the Philippines in post-war and wartime America. Her entire life was about giving money to the Catholic Church so that they could go out and convert peoples. Now, saving pagan babies is code word for converting primitives, which is to say putting money towards civilizing Native Americans, Native Hawaiians, First Nations, Aboriginal peoples, anybody who isn't uh, embracing or willing to um, become infiltrated, converted, or in, assimilated to a white Western European culture. Um, in the case of pagan babies, it has to do with converting to a uh, Western interpretation of, of Christianity in the form of Roman Catholicism and or Protestantism or in terms of uh, evangelic, evangelism, evangelicalism, bap, uh, Baptistism, uh, Methodism, even uh, Mormonism. And all the other isms, right? So, but in a modern post-religious world, in an imperialist world, um, saving pagan babies, just really think about how pissed off all y'all are about how appallingly the Canadians treated um, uh, the First Nation people by uh, by putting them into orphanages and you know and taking them away from their parents and trying to enculturate them to to some sort of you know invader mindset some sort of western ethos and some sort of christianity imagine how appalled you are on a daily basis by native american uh indian peoples and how we went ahead and divided and conquered them uh killed them decimated them made them look like um uh, complete and utter primitives backward ass drunkards and again and and complete idiots uh, primitives and uh, who are better off being either removed from the land or protected and prevented and protected from themselves because they're all alcoholics or the Aboriginal people of 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 Australia who were um, abducted and kidnapped from their families put into regional schools uh, in, in some attempt to enculturate them as white British colonial uh, members under the Queen, right? So all these things that all y'all are including in your woke agenda, he uses in quotes for effect, in terms of the oppression and subjugation by white men is the same thing all y'all are getting all like on board with in terms of uh, the, the most, I mean, listen, we invaded Afghanistan. 
saying that we invaded Afghanistan to save pagan babies is completely absurd. That's not even the 8th or 12th or 15th thing in our mind. Uh, American military soldiers are trained killers. They might be legal trained killers. They, they are um, the pride of America. We are proud of our trained military men and women who are trained killers, but their job is not to peacekeep. They're tr they're, to quote my Lieutenant Colonel retired friend in the army, um, we are trained to kill enemy. Now, if you just swap words, and this is gonna be what the topic of my next article that I'm gonna read to you is, if you swap words and replace uh, saving pagan babies with saving Muslim women, then, or to make it sound better, saving Muslim ladies, saving pagan babies, saving Muslim ladies, then you'll see that that's completely the same thing. Uh, Samesies, right? Catholicism, putting money and energy and funding towards converting, saving pagan babies and saving Muslim ladies same stuff same exact you're falling for it now you got to know you can't be hating on the people who did this stuff you're as much of a sucker as they were they were just trying to you know i mean all these native americans first world aboriginal peoples were just going to go straight to hell unless they heard the word of the lord and came to jesus we were saving them from themselves, just in the same way that we're saving Afghanistan from itself. How dare we? How dare you? How dare you? Anyway, I'll be right back to read you my other rant from Substack, chrisa.substack.com, entitled, drumroll please, 1492 or 2021, it's still Civilizing the Savages by Chris Abraham. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name's Chris Abraham. This is Chris Cast. It's season two, episode 25. And uh, I'm going to read you this right after the break. I don't know if all these things have been... I think I've made mistakes in terms of recording some of these files, so I might have to patch this together later. Um, I don't know if I've recorded every time I've wanted to record. So just as a reminder, if this sounds a little wonky and patchwork and mosaic, pardonnez moi s'il vous plaît. Anyway, Chris Cass, season two, episode 25. It's all about saving Muslim ladies. I will be right back. 
1492 or 2021, it's still Civilizing the Savages by Chris Abraham. It's pretty easy to reframe America's uninvited invasion, occupation, and nation-building in Afghanistan. In order to prove just how imperial our having been in Afghanistan for the last 20 years, rebuilding the country in our own image is, please do the following thought experiment. Please release your imagination and walk with me for a bit. Just replace George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden with Herman Cortez, Francisco Pizarro, Christopher Columbus, and Pope Alexander the Sixth. Replace U.S. armed forces with conquistadors, and replace Afghanis, the women, girls, boys, elders, with Aztecs, Mayans, Amerindians, Mapuche people, uh, and then replace soul savings, civilizing, modernizing, and enculturating with uh, the same words. Does that make more sense as to why supporting the invasion and occupation of Afghanistan in order to save them from themselves is perfectly analogous to supporting the British colonization of the Americas in order to modernize and civilize the American Indians? A reminder, we were at war with Afghanistan during which at least 240,000 Afghans have died many of them civilians over the last 20 years and how many of those afghans were women and children welcome back this is chris cast season to uh, episode 25. My name's Chris Abraham. That was um, poorly read because uh, there's all kinds of noise that distracted me and I might be out of um, podcasting juice, but that was called 1492 or 2021. It's still civilizing the savages. And if I were to rewrite that again, uh, I would have called it pagan, uh, saving pagan babies or saving Muslim ladies. But I didn't think about that till later. You can see all of them over at chrisa.substack.com. chrisa.substack.com. If you have any ideas to the domain name that I should use for my Substack, I would love that. Um, I would say you can go look at it at chrisabraham.com, but chrisabraham.com is closed for the next 10 hours because it's being migrated to a new server and I'm praying to uh, Christ Jesus that um, that it is not effed up during the migration. Anyway, I'll be right back to go ahead and tell you how you can contact me and thank you for your support and all that other fun stuff. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Mahalo. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. My name is Chris Abraham, and I want you to know that I'm doing this 
and all of my podcasts on a uh, Sony recorder called the um, ICD UX570. It's a little voice recorder, and it's got the um, it's got the official extend like lapel recorder microphone. So you tell me if it's doing a good job or if it's making all kinds of noises or if it's crappy or whatever. Um, and uh, my name's Chris Abraham. I'm at chrisabraham.com. Not today, but as of tomorrow. On social media, I'm at Chris Abraham. Um, uh, that includes at Chris Abraham on Twitter, uh, at Chris Abraham on Instagram, at Chris Abraham on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Chris Abraham. I am Chris Abraham at facebook.com slash Chris Abraham. I am Christopher Abraham on my new crack, which is freaking. My new crack is freaking TikTok. I'm a 50-year-old, 51-year-old man. It it caught me with the honey trap, the sexy lady honey trap. But I actually have a complete diverse um, biosphere of of experiencing there. Um, one of these days, I might be a content creator there as well, but not right now. Um, like I said, I'm on Substack at Chris A. C-H-R-I-S-A dot substack dot com. You can reach me at chris at abraham dot su. Um, you can call me, WhatsApp me, signal me, um, and even, I guess, telegram me at plus one two zero two three five two five zero five one. That's also my text. That's also my voice. Um, but if I don't recognize you or we haven't scheduled something on Calendly, or via Upwork, I ain't gonna pick up unless you uh, unless I rec- unless you're in my contact book already and I recognize you and I like you. Um, what else? Um, on Calendly, C A L E N D L Y dot com slash Chris Abraham, you can schedule a fifteen thirty or an hour-long call, um, I can, of course, veto that. Or maybe just if you want an hour-long call, I can hang up after 10 minutes. But at least it's a start. Um, That's it, except for the fact that I say um too much. Thank you for being out here in the nature with me. I hope you enjoyed the sound of little kids playing. I'm glad the... uh, the guy who is cutting the lawn with his giant uh, micro uh, little tractor stopped. And uh, I hope you subscribe and rate and give me five stars and write a review. You can find my podcast. My home podcast URL is anchor.fm slash Chris Abraham. I haven't jumped to... Chris Cast. It was a working title. And um, I generally try to upload stuff periodically onto YouTube, maybe. Haven't done a lot of it. Um, and you can find me on Spotify and iHeartRadio and Podcast Index and 
uh, Apple iTunes and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and uh, iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spotify and Stitcher and all those other places. So you have a, and I'm addicted to Podcast Addict and I'm on Podcast Addict and all those other things. Well, it was great to spend this time with you. Love you guys. I'll see you when I see you in the next one. And I hopefully, hopefully it won't take as long. Talk to you soon. Mahalo. Ciao.